2: hello and welcome to the mellow compass podcast we are the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean we do this through open honest and inspiring stories from our guests who share with us about their careers in music, what they do day to day, as well as any challenges they may have overcome as a woman in music. Pixie Pickering is on the podcast this week. Having started her career in Leeds in ITV Yorkshire's music department, hustling hard. Pixie knows the importance of keeping regional clients happy and bringing fun and inclusivity into each of her roles. Working her way up at Sony Music Publishing, Pixie now co-heads the Sync team, an excellent team to work with, if I do say so, myself. Pixie, what an honour to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for making time out of your busy, busy schedule to come and talk to us about all things music and all things your career. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So, You actually started your career outside of London, and often when we talk about the music industry, it is very much focused on London. You know, lots of opportunities are in London, but I think it's important for us to kind of share that you don't have to be in London to work in the music industry. And you started your career working in Yorkshire after going to uni at Leeds. So, how did you come across that opportunity? And did you always know that you wanted to go into music, or was it more that you were kind of looking at media and how that sort of linked to, to what you could be doing in music?
0: Yeah I knew that I definitely wanted to do media and I knew that I loved music and I would love to work in music but I really didn't know any kind of jobs that existed other than being a music teacher which wasn't really you know fitting my skill set. So it was very kind of lucky that I stumbled across this job I didn't actually know existed. I met somebody after uni literally just after when I was wondering what am I going to do with my life. She had this job in the Yorkshire Television Music Department where she was doing the clearances for their programs. so she was clearing the music and I had no idea as a lot of people these days have no idea about sync. I didn't know this job existed and I just thought that's what I want to do. I want to work in a music department in a TV company because I think they're my two worlds that would collide. So I chatted to her and she was leaving and she was like, "Mm, yeah, good luck with that. They are only advertising internally, which is also another interesting thing that thank God those times have changed. They weren't going to advertise it. So I basically made her take me to work with her and I shadowed her for a week and I harassed her boss and I was just basically like a bug on her side like being enthusiastic and just kind of going in on as many edit suites as I could and just learning what they did and I was just like I don't want to ever leave here and I don't intend to (laughs) until you give me an interview and I think I annoyed uh, my then boss so much that she was like fine I'll give you an interview and then I got the job and the rest is history. And how long were you at ITV Yorkshire for? There for seven years, so kind of worked my way up in that department. It was quite a small department, but we worked on all of the dramas, so Emmerdale, Heartbeat, all all the great dramas that came out of there, and I just realised, I started off doing, you know, the clearances, and I realised what I really wanted to do was put the music to picture. I wasn't really that interested in sending off at the time faxes to get the clearances I was like that licensing side isn't for me I was like I want to be in the edit I want to be picking the music that goes on the jukebox in Emmerdale and I want to be seeing with the directors and see what works for scenes so I uh, spent a lot of time with the then librarian there who was amazing it was such a wonderful team that basically taught me most things that I know and yeah just sat with them all and just gained music knowledge and it was great because there was such different programs. I, I would do dramas, but then I spent a lot of time doing the news and the sports. So even though it was it was quite a small department, it was really great for learning about production music and commercial music mm. and all the different types and genres.
2: Amazing. And so you say you worked on the clearances side for several years, but actually it was the creative side that really inspired you and was where you wanted to go. Being younger than lots of your colleagues at ITV Yorkshire, who are working in the creative division, how did you make yourself heard and how did you move yourself into that area to do what you really wanted to do?
0: Yeah, that was not a challenge, but it was very much like I had to earn their respect because I was a lot younger than a lot of the producers and directors and, you know, they all had such great musical knowledge and I kind of had to convince them that I knew a lot about music and it was just literally perseverance it was giving them recommendations it was basically I don't sound simple but it was basically being good at the job to earn their trust that they would then keep coming back and trust me to make some choices like it would start off with they would choose it and I would just clear it and then I was a bit like well how about this and just again it was just about like hustling them and, and and showing the enthusiasm but actually getting it right and them being like oh okay she does know what she's talking about let's do that but it it was just a lot of perseverance I would say
2: is that something that you say has been a general theme throughout
0: your career Yes, definitely. I think you just have to keep trying and just keep showing you know, what, what you're good at. And I do believe like the good will always out if you just keep going and take any chance that you're given. I think you don't get that many chances. So just make yourself a nuisance, basically, in the nicest possible way.
2: And... After you were at ITV Yorkshire, you moved down to London. Had you already secured the job at Sony when you moved down to London? What was the sort of transition between this job that you obviously really loved working in the North and then, you know, sometimes we do get to that stage in our careers and we're like, oh, I love this, but I would also really like to take on a new challenge. What was the sort of the process of that happening?
0: Yeah, so basically, I mean, I never wanted to leave, and we found out that a lot of people were going to be made redundant because they weren't going to be making the drama from ITV, which is basically what we worked on. Um, And I did a lot of work at the time with, obviously, loads of publishers and labels and libraries, and we had a very good relationship with EMI, as it was then, and I got offered a job by EMI to be regional. So they kind of saw the worth in having somebody who was based outside of London, which is great for them to kind of first off, think that. And I think they knew that I probably wasn't going to move yet. Um, So I basically looked after Leeds, Manchester, Dublin, Glasgow, going around all like the TV production companies, ad agencies on behalf of EMI at the time. So that was absolutely perfect because it was the next transition for me. It was obviously a company that I thought was amazing and I didn't want to leave leads because that's where you know my life was but eventually when sony took over emi and i got more you know involved in emi sony life they asked me to come and start managing a team which obviously I couldn't do remotely so that's when they said you know would you come to London and I was a bit unsure so we did it as a kind of like let's do six months and see how you like it and then I never came back to Leeds <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I loved it like I, I already knew I loved the team because I was coming to London like for three days a month so I knew a lot of people but I didn't obviously know London life I wasn't embedded in it and yeah it was between the people and the job and obviously I just loved London Uh, yeah didn't look back
2: it sounds like Sony's quite good at giving you internal opportunities and seeing your your strengths and and the kind of the development pathway would you say that that's a a fair assumption
0: yeah 100% I think it's one of the reasons that I love them is that there is a lot of room for internal growth you know there's a lot of opportunities to um, go to other departments. I mean, I've employed people in my team that now work in other teams. I've seen it a lot from some teams go to other teams. Yeah, there's basically a lot of opportunity to just kind of further your career in whatever way you want to.
2: Amazing. So if anybody's listening, and that is a key value that is part of what you're looking for in a company, then definitely look at Sony. Fast forward many years, you are now heading up the creative Instinct teams before that though you headed up the uk sales team and you also played a major part in producing the juice music label which has become a globally recognized source for great music how did that project come about was it something that you kind of thought about and saw that there was a missing for this sort of resource or
0: so, Juice existed before I was working on it, but because I'd worked previously with ITV and had that relationship, I think um, the people who formed Juice thought it was a natural fit for me to be talking to ITV about what they wanted, what albums. It wasn't very big at the time, so we wanted to grow it, and you know, it was not many albums deep. And I relished doing it and realized that actually I really like producing albums and got very creatively involved and then more and more involved and then basically we grew it to hundreds of albums we used to probably like make I don't know maybe one every three or four months now I'm making two or three a month because there's so much demand for it It played to my strengths of working across commercial and production music, because I had access to some of our commercial artists as well. And a big thing for me was, Juice is a, first and foremost, it's a TV library, it was for ITV, but... ITV didn't want just the TV library. It's obviously very useful to have the TV stuff, but they wanted something that was cool. You know, all editors and producers want something that's commercial sounding. So I kind of made it a mission to just make it very modern, make it cool, use our artists, get a lot of artists into production music, which is now a massive thing, you know, for for all production music libraries, which is great. And I love it. It's my passion. So I'm, I'm kind of invested in making it really great. And, you know, I love working with the composers they're great I love working with ITV getting ideas for what they want so yeah it's a labor of love.
2: <laughs> and is that something that you're still working on at yes. the moment? Yeah. So you are now a very senior member of the leadership team at Sony and you know we often talk about there not being enough women in leadership positions in the music industry. Are there any challenges that you're proud of overcoming being a woman in music and making your way to the top and staying in the industry for this long? Do
0: you know what? The complete honest answer to that is I haven't faced any challenges as a woman. I don't know whether I've been lucky or whether it's because I've worked with great people, but I've never found it to a disadvantage. I've never kind of had it looked at. It's just kind of like, you know, if you do your job, you will do well. Um, and I know, obviously, a lot of people can't say that, but I think I have been lucky in all departments that I've worked with. I've never come across any resistance for being a female, or it's not hindered me in any way. So, I, you know, I'd love to have a story or something. Well, I wouldn't, it'd be bad, but yeah, I, I <laughs> don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I've been lucky, and maybe you know, I've worked hard, so maybe I have. I just haven't had anything oh
2: that's really good to hear it's really really good to hear and I think some people listening to this will look on that and be you know be really hopeful that you know even though we do hear these stories it doesn't happen to everyone and I think that's a really that's a really great story to tell in itself is there anything that you might offer as advice to your younger self being where you are today
0: I don't think there's anything I would really do any differently so to tell myself to do anything but I just think you know the obvious things I would just say always step out of your comfort zone I would say anything where you're a bit like oh, I can't bother to do that I can't bother to go to that gig or I'm too tired to go and like talk to those clients or whatever like, just do it because you never know if that gig is the one thing that you find if that client is you know your next big deal it's always always great to just push yourself out and and not do the things that is your everyday like challenge yourself always be challenging yourself because otherwise you just stay still yeah I
2: could not agree with that more and particularly being in a competitive industry just putting yourself out there talking to people building those relationships you know it's like what we were just saying before that tell everybody what you're up to because if you don't share it with people, they're not going to know, they're not going to be able to contribute. And I think particularly in the area of sync, for example, you are going to a lot of gigs, you might be taking clients to gigs to then pitch that songwriter or that artist. So it really pays off to just do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it's a very competitive industry. It's quite small, and everybody knows everybody. And people will find out about you if you're the one that's hustling or you're the one that they see everywhere or you're the one that's kind of out and about. It will get noticed.
2: Are there any mentors that you are particularly thankful of having throughout your career? I know that you also mentor yourself. So, you know, you're giving back to the people who are on their journey as well. But I'd love to hear if there is anyone who'd like to shout out and acknowledge
0: do you know what, there isn't any one. Like I said previously, I've had many, and some of them might be, you know, I worked with for a month, some of them right back from Yorkshire TV, like Sue who gave me my chance, but Sarah and Bertie like we were such a tight team, and they're the ones that actually probably gave me most of my musical knowledge and all of the stuff that I learned, along with, yeah, you know, my parents. But I've had so many through kind of... Sony and EMI in various departments. I've had great bosses that I've worked for and still do, but also across other departments and not all at work. Like, I'm lucky that a lot of my friends are in the same industry. And I think that's... I would shout out some of them as kind of mentors for not not even like knowing that they're doing it because I think having friends who work in the same industry has been quite essential for me because you get to talk about stuff and everybody is kind of going through the same thing. And, yeah, I would... It's a long-winded answer, but I don't have one. I have many.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a support network, isn't it? When you have stuff going on and you need someone to talk to or you need a little bit of advice, having that group of people that you know that you can just pick up the phone to really helps your development, helps your mindset, helps your mental health, particularly in like the last two years when we've been behind closed doors because everybody has been going through similar things, but yet very different things
0: yeah very much so and I think yeah you're right I think a lot of things got really obviously highlighted over those years and it, it made you realize oh that's who I go to to ask things or you know stuff that you just did before and didn't really know who it was you're asking well,
2: oh, okay yeah and you're like rushing around doing things and perhaps when you know when we just kind of stopped it's like ah oh, okay who are my close people who are my yeah. close network and how can we support one another speaking of the last 2 years and you know being in the pandemic and how the industry has made many shifts having had lots of experience in sync what do you think the future of this part of the business looks like
0: I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I think for as long as we have TV and we have digital and we have all these mediums, Sync is just going to grow and grow and grow because I think the pandemic was actually a great example of where people thought, oh, well, Sync's going to go down this year because, you know, we're not making things. Everybody just got more creative. Mm -hmm. People learned to do animations. People learned to do more stuff on TikTok. The way I see it is Sync can never go backwards because we're always going to have all the traditional mediums, we're always going to have the radio, the films, TV, but we're just adding more and more, like, you know, with with all of like the metaverse and, you know, all of the digital and all of these things. Everything is gonna come with music attached to it. So I just think sync departments are gonna get bigger. There's gonna be there's gonna be challenges because there's gonna be like, well, how do we license these things? And you know, there's a lot of that at the moment, you know, how can you monetize this or how are they gonna use music on this? But it's exciting because we're always having to come up with new ways of doing things.
2: Is there a particular area that um, has been increasing within syncs like podcasting for example or you mentioned the metaverse which is definitely on the horizon
0: yeah i think even though all those things i've said tv is actually the biggest increaser because everybody's making more there's so many platforms now where they're making more and we've still got the original platforms so we're always going to have the major channels and then we've got much much more but also um online and branding branding we've seen a lot more recently and you know it's smaller money licenses but there's more of them so many artist collaborations so many you know brand things that want to tie in with music so i can just see that getting more and more
2: And for any songwriters or artists who might be listening um, and they are interested and curious how to get their music placed through sync,
0: what are some tips that you can offer? Ooh, that is a good question. What I would say is watch as much as you can when you're watching a film or when you're watching tv make sure you see okay who was the composer on that who did the music for that like research if you see an advert and you're like oh i wonder how that happened Google it, like you can find out what agency made that advert, you can find out what the track was, do some digging, get to behind these things, find out if you've seen something on Netflix, who the music supervisor is, and try and get in touch with them, and just try and get in touch with as many people as you can, Um, you know, there won't be a way in with a lot of people, but if you keep trying and digging there's a lot more talks now than they used to be like that wasn't a thing a long time ago like there are so many panels like I've done loads of talks at unis or you know open days those kind of things go to as many of those as possible because that's a where you can meet somebody and get their email address to bug them but also you know you can learn stuff from them
2: it's the hustle queen coming out yeah <laughs> Hustle hard, research, and you'll get what you want. (laughs)
0: Exactly, exactly. Be annoying, yeah. No, (laughs) doubt.
2: You're also currently preparing for a sync camp. Can you share a little bit more about what that entails and if people can get involved or who will be involved?
0: Yeah, I am very excited because it's the first one that we've done in the UK. So it's been a big initiative in the States for quite a while, basically just getting a lot of our songwriters um, some well known, some not well known, um, and just kind of, you know, writing for sync, but not in kind of, you know, I think they used to have a reputation of being, you know, it's all gonna be hand claps, it's gonna be like bells and whistles and everything that's good for sync. Um the reason that I've I've always liked the ones that we've done is because there isn't an eye on that. It's not like write, write something for this advert it's like write a great track that is syncable um you know using great artists um and just putting people in a room for a few days and being like let's see what you come up with there's no pressure we're not writing for anything specific necessarily so i've wanted to do one over here for ages and you know we were about to do it and then obviously there's pandemic so we've basically selected that nine of our songwriters who are amazing and some are up and coming some are more experienced and we're doing it at Paul Epworth's church studios and we're just going to have three days of making some great music and we'll do some covers because obviously Sync loves covers Um, (laughs) but it's a great bunch of people and I'm just excited to see what comes out of it. That's awesome do you think you would open that opportunity
2: up to unsigned writers?
0: I don't think yet, because the purpose of it is for our writers and to get them more songs and to get them sync. But I think, like I said, this is going to be the first of many and they're going to grow and they're going to take on different guises. It would be awesome to have it as a much more open thing and getting people in there and giving them opportunities. But I think that's as part of a wider thing.
2: Got it. So... Looking kind of back at the bigger picture of what you do, can you give us a brief overview of what a typical day looks like for Pixie in your current (laughs) role heading up the sync team? Uh,
0: That's quite hard to answer because every day is genuinely very different but on most days, especially now we're back in the office, most days I would definitely be doing some music briefs so whether it be ads or tv i will generally have quite a few meetings a day so a lot of my day is taken with meeting either artists or managers you know whether they be our catalogue artists or whether they be frontline new artists um you know they may have a new album to come in and play they may want to talk about their catalogue um we're very very passionate about having great relationships with our songwriters so that's a big thing for me and our department is just kind of maintaining those and keep you know knowing what music people are up to because we can never get too much music so yeah a lot of that catch-ups with my team I think that's really important like making sure they're okay internal meetings work very closely still with obviously the production music department and our broadcast visual media rights department because there's a lot of kind of cross-pollination with with the job and with the departments so yeah generally meetings and briefs is is the day and going out and seeing clients you know something that I love is going to see whether it be an ad supervisor whether it be itv bbc whether it be you know a film company post-production most days i will go and see clients which is which is great and also especially now we can do it again i think we took a lot for granted certainly there was a lot of lunches that got taken for granted and i am very happy that the long lunches are back
2: (laughs) oh yes we all love a long lunch talking about things that we love as well because obviously those are these are work-related lunches but you know every everyone who works in the music industry is equally passionate about music and that is just you know the most joyful thing is there one thing that you particularly love about your role is it the the management of the team working with loads of creatives I mean I might have I might have kind you of just said it already
0: exactly those things uh, I sound like um, they, this is all like quite cheesy but it genuinely is like I, I love my team Um, they're amazing and I also love all the other people who who surround our team that I work with I just love being in the heart of the music like I love hearing the new songs that are coming before anybody else does I can't think of a role that I would love as much because I get to play with old music and new music and I meet wonderful people I mean you know it's just always you never know who you're gonna be and obviously I get to go to lots of gigs yeah never bored
2: never bored always meeting new and exciting people so do you also get to go to gigs outside of London I'm just thinking you know having done all of your regional work and started your career outside of London do you still
0: visit those regional hubs do you need to do you know what it's it's a good point after the pandemic because it was something or not always me you know members of the team it's always been super important that we do these regional trips so there would always be people in the team going to dublin manchester leeds you know all of these places bristol because there's these huge networks there so it would normally be some people in the team going for a few days a couple of times a year and so we're just getting back into that now because obviously we can and yeah of course you can email All these people and we chat to them all the time but it really is nice to, to see them and also it is great to take them along to gigs like we're very big at championing clients to go to gigs outside of London like if we do you know tickets competitions on our mail out stuff we always make sure that we're including regional ones as well because it's not fair if we keep sending out these competitions and it's all in london when you know somebody in manchester isn't going to come to london so we always make sure when we have our artists in to ask them to tell us where they're playing regionally so we can invite clients to go there as well
2: yeah that's really good to hear and i guess also that could Create opportunities for people outside of London wanting to work in music. Is there anything that you think could be done more, let's say, for creating opportunities in music outside of the capital?
0: I think they're doing a great job. I think, obviously, in terms of probably more so on the media side than the music side. I mean, they've just got such strong music. You know, you look at Sheffield, you look at Manchester, all of these places, they've got such strong music heritage. And and I think I can't speak for all, but I think RA A&R department is great in the fact that they will still go to all these places to find an act. That's never been something that's too London centric. I think more things like a great escape that we have here. I think it would be cool to have more things like that in, in the regions. I think just bigger things. I think, like I was saying, they have odd open days and, you know, there's various things going on. But I think something on a bigger scale like that, where you get A&Rs and you get sync people going to that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'd like to see more of that.
2: Awesome. And coming back to your love for the writers and the creators, are there any writers that you are particularly excited about right now?
1: Ooh, Ones to
0: watch? Um, Well, do you know what? Actually, there's, um, I would say this because I picked them for for the sync camp, but there's a couple (laughs) of new writers who we've got coming in next week who have just suddenly kind of become awesome well obviously not suddenly they've been doing their craft for a long time but I think now getting the recognition um I think people like Cal Bell and uh, Dan Hume who's a who's a producer who people would know their credits but wouldn't necessarily know them and you know what they've written that's what I like is you know it can be an Ed Sheeran song or it can be a Calvin Harris song but I like oh who's the person who wrote it and produced it like that's obviously they're super talented but there are other people behind it and that's why i like being a publisher because these writers are amazing and we've got we've got so many like you know producers that are coming up like people like um sad dynamite and lil silver who are definitely going to be you know they've been again been around a while but i think people will be definitely watching them this year
2: mm. what is it about the publishing industry that you love the most? Obviously, famously, we think about the record industry often when we're thinking about getting into music, you know, the Sony Music label side internship is a bit like the X factor of internships. What is it that really drew you towards the publishing side?
0: I think it is because it's not one dimensional, like you get to be across lots of different pockets, and like I was saying before, it's all about the writer. It's very much, you know, it's a family feel, it, their interests come first, like it's all about the story of the song rather than the story of promoting an album or a song. So, I like that it's kind of more personal, you actually get relationships with these people, and there is access to all these other things. Like, I love that. I'm with A&R, or I'm with admin, or I'm with production music. Like, there's so many different departments that I work with on various things. It always keeps it interesting.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, final two questions to round up. You have a very large record collection behind you. Sylvia, who we interviewed in the previous episode, also had a phenomenal (laughs) record collection sitting right behind her.
0: It grew in lockdown.
2: (laughs) What would you say is your record?
0: Of all time. Oh, God, that is impossible. I mean, I would always, always probably default to Let's Dance, Bowie, but also White Women, Chromio, repeat a lot. Um, So, yeah, very much depends on the mood and time, but if you forced me, then those two are up there.
2: I love the White Women album by Chromio. I remember dancing hysterically to that at Park Life a
0: couple of years ago. (laughs) I love them so much.
2: What is one action that you would encourage our listeners to do to further their career in music? You know, it might be someone who's thinking and they're not working in music already and they really want to pursue that passion. Um, Or there's someone in music already and they're thinking about their next move. You know, what would be the one thing that you would say to them?
0: I would say try I think there's a lot especially in our industry there's a lot of people who say I want to work in music but really don't know what they want to do which is kind of fair because as I said at the beginning I didn't know that my job existed but I would say it's going to make your life a lot easier if you can hone that down a little bit because when you go to places or to people and say that they can't really help you because it's such a big you know thing to say I want to work it's like do you know if you want to for a start do you want a license or do you want a creative do you want to do sync do you want to be actually making music i think the more that you can whittle it down before you try and start having conversations with people i think is a good start so kind of really know what you want to do and then just try and get in places you know it's still the age old thing of if you can get in you know that's how i started and it was many years ago but it's still a thing you know mm. try and get some work experience and I know not everybody can do unpaid work for a few days, but even if you just go into somewhere and you can do two days just to get a bit of experience and a bit of like, okay, I like doing that. You can then talk to people who can say, okay, you you seem suited to that, go and speak to that post-production house or whoever yeah
2: you have to start somewhere and Mm. it is a relationships business as we've talked about so getting into the places where you can start making those relationships even if you don't have any to start with everybody starts somewhere
0: And I think there are, and this is something I've learned from the mentoring. There are some amazing internships now. Like you don't have to go and do unpaid work. I was really like pleasantly surprised by how many there were out there for various companies. So I think there are there are so many websites. There are so many like places that you can tap into to to see these things. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Thank you so much, Pixie. It's been really lovely to chat to you.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been very fun.
2: This podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you over in the next episode.